0: Okay. Live from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa, this is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. And joining me today is Joe Jolin of Jolin Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Sladkey, CPA, and my partner at Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in. And for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to see how we make the show come together please check out our youtube channel marvin knows finances and click subscribe there as well just like the last and every time i have to take care of a little business before we get moving too far forward to please my compliance department Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor representative and a registered investment registered representative with Brokers Financial member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this opinion do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. All right, so 2022, guys, has started out to be quite a year in the stock market. A lot of volatility showing its ugly head. And, you know, as of the date of this recording, the S&P 500 is down approximately 6%. Now, this is something people have not seen in a few years, and we're starting to get some uh, repeat questions. Uh, People are getting nervous and concerned about what to do. So today, you know, we're going to kind of skip over our normal question of the week and just kind of dig into some ideas about how we are managing our clients portfolios and what our outlook is for the rest of the year. So, you know, we're going to start out today by kind of just talking about what 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 is causing this recent downturn in the market, you know, like why on January 1st did suddenly the switch flip over. And we become not so much worried about growth, but how much we're going to lose, you know. And um, I've kind of listed out a few things that we can talk about here right off the bat um, that are some underlying concerns of the market. Okay. So first thing is inflation. You know, we've been talking about inflation on this show for months now as a potential problem down the road. And, you know, that problem down the road is here. You know, we're at that point in the road now. And, um, the last inflation reading that we received was a 7.9% inflation, which incredibly high. It's incredibly high. It's incredibly high. And, you know, there's a, there's a ton of reasons behind why inflation has jumped up. Um, and you know, there's, there's also two different inflation readings, you know, there's, there's core inflation and then there's headline inflation. Um, but we're just going to talk about the 7.9% right now and what that's actually impacting in people's lives. Okay. Um, I think the market did a pretty good job of anticipating um, inflation coming down the road. Um, I do think there was a little bit of a problem with the Federal Reserve calling it transitory inflation at the time, because transitory means it's a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. And I think people are starting to realize now that inflation is kind of here to stay for a while, at least. Hmm. So I think the transitory definition that was being put out there as a talking point was meant to make people feel better. But in reality, it's not. It was not transitory inflation, and we kind of knew that from the beginning. Well, it was tied also to the next topic, the supply chain issues. It was like, okay, we're having all this inflation
1: because people can't get things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's costing more to transport all of that, mm-hmm. and I think that's out there. But but it's bigger than that.
0: That's right. And you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people haven't studied economics in school or anything like that. But this is simply a supply and demand issue. You know, uh, prices go up when demand is high and supply is low. And that's really what we're dealing with right now. You know, we have, um, I still think there's ships sitting out there in the ocean in the major ports trying to get their supplies unloaded. Um, So there's just a number of issues. Um, As a farmer, (coughs) you know, we we farm in my family, we've been watching commodity prices going up and up and up. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you think the prices in the grocery store are high now, there's still more to come. Mm -hmm. There's still more to come Mm -hmm. I mean if we look at like a, a local hog producer in the area and or a cattle producer or whatever You know, these people are hedging their bets months in advance on getting their feed bought at a certain price and so forth Okay Odds are that they're now hedging at higher prices even than what they did months ago so pork chops bacon, you know, bacon right now is like 650 a pound in the grocery store, yeah. which I laugh because, you know, you could pretty much buy a whole hog for a couple hundred bucks <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you have the right contacts. But, you know, it's things like that and then of course fuel. <clears throat> you know, fuel's kind of a multi a multi-level problem right now because You know I I buy my fuel from the local grocery store here in town and you know they've also hedged their bets in terms of when they bought their fuel and so forth so even as the government releases more oil and stuff back into the supply chain it's gonna take months and weeks for that to come down in price so inflation right now is causing a huge impact on people's pocketbooks and therefore generating uh, some negative discussions in the market and so forth and of course we've already talked about supply chain issues I'd say the biggest one right now is uh, the geopolitical things, okay? And what I mean by that is the Russia invasion of Ukraine.
1: Right. Big issue, and where is it going to go? When is it going to end? How involved is the United States going to get the rest
0: of the world? A lot of questions. No answers. Way too many questions. Absolutely no answers. Um, We just don't know what the end game is on that. So let's talk about Ukraine for a second, okay? Ukraine and Russia are two of the largest wheat suppliers in the country, or in the world. I'm sorry. Um, And they're pretty much on the same parallel pretty much as Iowa and Illinois in terms of um, when they put their crops in the ground and what they raise and so forth. So, you know, if we just focus on a couple of things with Ukraine, you know, Ukraine raises a lot of wheat. Ukraine also raises corn. Now let's just start with the fact that can they even get their crops in the ground this year? Right. Okay. I'm going to say 50-50 at best right now. You know, if you're a farmer over in Ukraine, how can you get your crops put in the ground when you got possibly tanks rolling by your tractor? Who knows? Okay.
1: Yeah, and even if the tanks aren't in your neighborhood, how do you get fuel? How do you get seed? How do you get the exactly. stuff that goes into inputs? Exactly. To be so, a farmer.
0: So then let's say you are one of the lucky farmers over there who are able to raise a crop and you have a decent crop. The second thing is, is how do you get it out of the ports? Right. Because suddenly the ports appear to be controlled by Russia. Right. Okay. Now, is Russia going to want to play ball with the rest of the world in terms of you know, shipping out wheat and corn and stuff like that to supply Europe and everything? Who knows? Who knows? They might want to keep it for themselves, you know. So, you know, if we're looking at, we're going to use some hypothetical numbers here, and let's say they raise 20 million bushel of wheat, and they can only get one, one million bushel of wheat out, you know, which these are not numbers that are even close to realistic. But where's, what's that do to the world supply, you know? So that's why I was saying earlier, if you think prices are bad now, they could get a lot worse right. down the road. Yeah, and I'm
1: a non-farmer, but yeah, I heard somebody talking about this on on the news, but basically on not international farming, but farming here. It's like we're still eating uh, food that was grown, raised over the last year. It's it's already kind of produced. Mm -hmm. Next year's production has these higher cost inputs, higher cost fuels, running tractors and combines and... Mm -hmm fertilizer is fuel-based in some cases mm-hmm. uh, the production of fertilizer is definitely fuel-based um, very high cost so all of the inputs are more expensive to grow the crop of this year mm-hmm. so next year's inflation i think we're saying the same thing but next year's inflation uh, could yeah. be much scarier yeah Than currently
0: yep and this is not an agriculture show by any <laughs> means but it's just what we know mm-hmm. in southeast iowa we know well, that and we're 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 building we're adding on to our house you know and we saved a bunch of money and lumber prices and you know we get a quote for what trusses are going to be and it's just like that alone used to be the cost of a garage you mm-hmm. know and and so we have to question, well, do we hold on to it? Are wood prices going to go down? Mm-hmm. You know, do we, do we sit and wait? Do we, mm-hmm. It's driving us crazy. Yeah. And that's
1: what inflation can do as well, is a, be a, a, a damper on the economy as a whole. Be, I mean, people are going to buy food, but, but uh, are they going to build a garage? Are they going to add on to their
0: house? Vehicles? Uh, are they right. going to travel? Yeah. They're no. going to
1: shut down on, uh, on those things that mm-hmm. are somewhat elective. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and wait. Mm-hmm. So the next thing is uh, rising interest rates. Okay. Now we're just starting to hear about this, but um, you know, my personal opinion on this is the Federal Reserve has waited way too long to start raising interest rates, and now they're kind of got their uh, their backs against the wall a little bit um, because now they're going to have to play catch up to where they should have been months ago. And you know, I guess when you think about. Were they going to raise it during a political uh, election year? Probably not. Should they have been raising it shortly thereafter? Well, who knows, you know, because, you know, you don't want a new administration coming and all of a sudden rates start to rise. And the Fed is supposed to be a separate entity from the rest of the government. But unfortunately, they're way too tangled with each other and so forth. So what we're experiencing now is rising interest rates. And we're recording this podcast on a Friday. Uh, The first two days of this week, you know, the market fell by a few hundred points simply because... The Federal Reserve said we're going to start aggressively pursuing higher interest rates now. Okay, now we don't know as investment advisors or accountants or anything as to where they're going to stop raising interest rates at. Like, what is the what is the the magic number to where they kind of feel like the economy is back in uh, stable ground? Okay, what we do know is that interest rates will rise on quarter point increments, so twenty five basis points, fifty basis points, and on up. We're thinking right now that the Federal Reserve is going to be raising interest rates by 50 basis points in May, okay, which is a significant jump considering we haven't seen that kind of interest rate increase in years, all right. So how does that impact the economy? Well, if you have variable loans, you know, if you have a variable mortgage, if you have credit card debt, if you have student loan debt that's tied into a variable rate, even my line of credit for my farm where we borrow money for our input costs and stuff like that, I've already been notified by my bank that we jumped a quarter point, okay? So when the when the market's looking at that kind of stuff, for the time being, and what I mean by that's probably for the next few years, cheap money, which is really what this economy has been driving on for the last couple of years is cheap money. People can borrow money at virtually no cost. Those days are over with, okay? So, yeah, the market's going to be concerned about that. So as you look at you know, investing in certain companies with high debt loads, and you start digging into what type of debt that is. That could really impact costs or prices on stocks for certain companies. It could impact individuals for their households. So that's why for the, a long time now we've been stressing, folks, debt-free is the way to be. Yeah. Okay? Because you don't have to deal with that when you Elimin- don't own anybody any money. Eliminates
1: that risk, yes. That's exactly um, right. The... I don't, I'm not an economist uh, at all, but the whole Federal Reserve concept of controlling the interest rates for the whole United States economy, or in, the, in some degree the world economy, is they've, they've been without a tool. They, they've backed down to zero, basically, mm-hmm. on interest rates as they needed to over several years ago. It was the answer to many, many ills. And they back themselves right down to zero and they don't have any bullets anymore for their gun. They, they don't have any tools. Um, They're not going to go negative with interest rates. Now, now they're trying to, you know, gain back a tool, Mm -hmm. but it's painful. It's Mm -hmm. painful to gather back the bullets into their, uh, arsenal, basically of Mm -hmm. tools they have available to them. Yep. And it's going to be painful for the economy while that happens.
0: Exactly. And see, the the purpose of what Todd's saying is, you know, raising the interest rates meant to slow down the growth of the economy to more of an attainable level. You know, we can't be out of control and have hyper growth and so forth. So this is going to bring us up to our next point. And one of the things I think causes problems with the market on a day to day basis. And this is just the news media in general. Okay. Now, the news media could be somebody like you're listening to our podcast. It could be somebody small, like who puts out a podcast on the economy with their opinion. And it could go all the way up to the, the major players, you know, the CNBCs, the CNNs, the Wall Street journals and stuff like that. Folks, you have to understand bad news sells their product. Yes. Okay. And I chuckle to myself because uh, in most days, uh, you won't be able to see this on the screen right now, but I have Yahoo Finance up. And Yahoo Finance does a great job of pulling in news stories from all different sources, Mm -hmm. okay? And it's amazing how often I see conflicting news stories sitting right next to each other, you know? And I think the most recent example I have is, you know, we've got a a major bank on Wall Street saying oil is going to hit $135 a barrel. And then the next story right next to it is oil has topped out. Is it time to take profit, you know? So you're going to be listening, you know, depending on where you're listening is what's going to determine uh, what your thoughts are on the economy and so forth, okay? The bottom line is that everything that's happening right now has happened before in history, okay? The people who are making these decisions on what's going to happen next with interest rates and so forth, you know, they know from history how to kind of deal with this, okay? But like I said a few minutes ago, I think the Fed's just a little bit late to the game, They will deal with it. They will deal with the economy. The economy might drop into a recession because of it. We might see stagflation because of it. Okay? But just be real cautious, depending on what your news media favorite source is, to uh, to put a little asterisk by most of the things that are said. Okay. So this this
1: is gonna sound I, I, I have opinion about the news. Okay. That that that's kind of an oxymoron because right now that is the biggest concern is how do you separate news from opinion or fact from fiction basically. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, I have an opinion about that. So, so, you know, huh? black, black strike on me, but the real, the news channels that are on 24 hours a day, I mean, you, if, 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 if a new thing that comes out is more fearful or shocking or bad, it replaces all of the fearful, shocking and bad things of yesterday. And. They just kind of go away, mm-hmm. and they fill 24 hours of news with the new shocking, fearful, and bad thing, That's and it correct. keeps you tuning in. Mm-hmm. It's like it keeps you tuning in, and you listen to the hearing aid uh, ads, and and uh, you know whatever the <laughs> the, the, medicines, the medicines, the medicines, yes, and everything else, yep. And it, it's uh, that but I fa- but but the eye they... fallen commercial, yes, <laughs> Is that what I'm yes. <laughs> but they get you, and then it's like like. I, I got to tune in tomorrow because I got to see how that ended up. And I ran out of time yesterday. And it's, it is it is kind of sucking you in, but it is also sucking your brain out. I mean, that's my opinion. It's it just, if you have it on 24 hours a day, you're doing yourself harm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dave Ramsey just had a rant about this on one of his programs. I think it was in February. And uh, <laughs> I listened to it the other day. And him and whoever he had on were just going off on this and it's kind of like i'm doing now it's it's, 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 it's it is mind-numbing
0: yeah it's it's 100 correct because when was the last time you heard about a coronavirus story yeah it's like, been
1: to been replaced
0: yeah i mean how many deaths of coronavirus victims have there been in iowa in the last two months according to the news none apparently because we're not reporting on it anymore yeah. which thank god for that yeah so okay so um we'll get off our soapbox with that topic uh, what do you do with your money during uncertain times okay huge thing because this is where a lot of clients are calling into our office right now saying okay what are we doing what are we going to do and so forth all right so the first thing is is you're gonna have to set your mind in the right place okay the world is not coming to an end the stock market's not going to go broke more than likely no it's not going to go broke i had an old boss one time that said i promise you the s&p will hit fifty thousand before it hits zero and he's right Okay, we might see some turmoil, mm-hmm. but we're not going down to zero where every, every company in this country is just belly Workless. up, bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. So you can forget about the idea that you're gonna lose all your money right off the bat. Okay, so first of all, we've talked about this topic a hundred times. Start by resetting and setting your budget, folks. If you have not done this yet, you have to reset or set up your budget. Let's just talk about fuel costs. Okay gas in iowa southeast iowa right now is just shy of four dollars a gallon i mean i don't remember the last time we paid this much but my pickup truck Mm -hmm. joe's pickup truck Mm -hmm. two pickup trucks your two pickup trucks your suburban whatever (laughs) yeah yeah that's right joe's making a mortgage payment to the gas station every (laughs) month i just got multiple vehicles just filled up yesterday it was 103 dollars wow that's insane yeah that's insane See, I go a couple of times a week, so it's the same dollar amount, but it just doesn't feel quite as bad. Oh, Today it was only $14. Oh, wow. I was only you like only, a only fraction a gallon. down. That's just to, to ride to work. <laughs> I needed four gallons of gas. So, All right, but anyway, start by setting or resetting your budget, okay? Um, You you do have to build in these costs, you know, if you're gonna take a vacation this summer um, You have to build in an extra cost to travel on the fuel Um, if you're going to have uh, People staying over like your kids are having a birthday party for example And you're gonna be buying uh, food for ten kids all of a sudden that's got to be built into your budget Okay, so we stress budget 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 all the time Okay But this is a perfect time. This is a perfect example of why we're always stressing, uh, making sure that's in place. Uh, Number two, prioritize that emergency fund. Remember, as prices go up, your emergency fund might need to be a little bit bigger. Emergency funds are based on three to six months or six to 12 months of living expenses. If your living expenses have gone up, you need to adjust that emergency fund. Might not take much to catch up, but you gotta get it done, okay? The next one is something that I just absolutely love. Warren Buffett once said, when people are greedy, be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. Okay. So for the last year, Mr. Buffett has been getting somewhat grief from the world about why isn't he making a big purchase? Why isn't he doing this? And wouldn't you know it, just a few weeks ago, Warren Buffett went out and bought a company. And for the life of me right now, I can't think of which one it is. Hewlett-Packard. He put a ton of money in Hewlett-Packard over the weekend, but he actually bought another company, I believe. Okay. Okay. And it's funny because he went right back to his own thing. When the market started to drop, he was looking for buying opportunities, Mm -hmm. okay? And for those of you who are listening, who are sitting on some cash right now, you know, we started, and we're going to get into this in the next section, but we started putting clients' monies back into the market about three weeks ago, people that were sitting on cash, okay? Because, like we said, we're not going to go to zero, okay? So we were looking for opportunities with certain things to buy into that we thought had the potential to increase in price, So that's definitely something Mr. Buffett's 100% right on, and I love the fact that the man lives by his word. And when everybody was scared and thinking about running for the hills, he's out there buying things. So, perfect. So did Elon Musk. Elon Musk just bought a 10% stake in Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, good timing. Stock Mm -hmm. price is really low. Just because he did it, he made 20% in one day too. So, (laughs) pretty good deal. Okay. Uh, Consider supplementing your income with a side gig. You know, we've talked about this before there are still people out there needing assistance with various things okay if you're looking to enhance your budget let's go ahead and get a little bit of extra income coming with a side gig and then of course seek help uh, from a financial professional okay so here are some here are five rules of thumb for investing in uncertain times okay number one are you investing based on your goals or are you just investing based on your gut okay if you're a goals-based investor, now what that means is, you know, I know I need to reach a certain number to have a certain income in retirement. You, you can pretty much do one of those set it and forget it kind of investments almost. And what I mean by that is, you know, your goals are not going to change. They might need to be adjusted a little bit, but you can pretty much have your investments caps, encapsulated within a certain uh, allocation or something like that. That may need some minor tweaks for the most part, but you're not going to worry about the ups and downs of the market every day. You're not going to worry about the fact that the Nasdaq dropped by 300 points one day and then was up 700 points the next. That doesn't bother you because you know you're set to a, a certain plan. As an example, you know, uh, people who work with Todd on the financial plans, you know, they don't ever question, you know, what the market's doing on a daily basis. What they're questioning is, am I getting the return that we used in our illustration on an average basis? Okay. Okay. Now, we generally use a lower rate of return, don't we, Todd? Conservative rate, yes. A pretty conservative and rate.
1: Hopefully, then, in the plan, it's it's beaten over time, over the 30, 40 years that we're looking at a plan.
0: And thank you for saying 30 to 40 years, because we don't ever look at the plans on a year-by-year year no. basis. Okay? We're That's, a That's, That's a budget. Average. That's a budget. Mm-hmm. Exactly
1: right. Short is budget, long is plan. They're both plans. One, a budget is a short-term plan.
0: Yep. And, you know, in most cases, depending on the age of the person we're talking about, we're probably in that 6 to 8% range. Um, 8% of course being for the younger person who's going to be more aggressive over time. 6% uh, for the people either right at retirement age and so forth. And even lower for those older who just really are looking for some income. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, there are people out there who talk about 10%, 12% returns. You know, you can get those types of returns on an, over a period of time. But you're also going to suffer the minus 25% years as well as the positive 25% years. So you really got to be careful You know, that your, your risk tolerance can handle that type of uh, swings. Um, so invest based on risk tolerance and invest based on targets. Okay. Hmm. Next point slow and steady wins the race. We want you to continue to be putting monies into your 401ks, into your Roth IRAs, into your HSA accounts. Especially during times of a down market because when the market reverses itself and starts going back up all that stuff You bought at cheaper prices Boom. You just just got rewarded for it. So slow and steady wins the race Um, You cannot avoid risk, but there's always ways to manage it All right. I don't care who i'm talking to folks Everybody in our office has exposure to the stock market in some capacity We need exposure to the stock market in some capacity because truly the only thing over a period of time that keeps up with inflation Okay, if inflation's 7.9% right now, and I go to my local bank and buy a CD at 1.5%, I'm literally six and a half percent behind in terms of my purchasing power. Okay, 7.9% inflation drives the fact that people have to be aggressive with their money to some degree. Okay, hmm. there are a lot of quality investments out there that average that over a period of time that don't involve a substantial amount of risk. If you're not involved in that right now, you need to be talking to your financial advisor about. What am I missing? What am I looking for? And so forth. Okay. Um, avoid FOMO, the fear of missing out. This was so prevalent <coughs> last year during the crypto phase. Okay. Crypto craze is what I should call it. Mm-hmm. You know, my phone was ringing off the hook with people. Should I buy into crypto? What is crypto? What? I'm not a trillionaire yet because I don't own crypto. You know, it's it got to the point of almost ludic- ludicrous, Okay. Mm-hmm so avoid FOMO you know the slow and steady wins the race we believe in that here and that's uh, that's the way we do things Um, and then finally invest in what you believe in okay invest in what you believe in Uh, that's another one of mr. Buffett's things you know mr. Buffett believes in things like good quality company management low debt you know we want to we want to be talking to you about what do you believe in when it comes to your investments do you have a belief that a portfolio needs to have so much money in the market and so much money in bonds we need to know that we need to know your goals and so forth so those I think
1: are the, i think the believe in can be at least in my case expanded a little bit to what do i understand so it's um it's hard for me to get too excited about putting money or investing in something that i just do not understand at all mm-hmm. crypto is that top of that list for me, Mm -hmm. as are virtual tokens, uh, non-fungible tokens. And NFTs? Somebody please explain that concept to me, where I can own a copy of a digital piece of art and have millions of dollars invested, and it's a picture on my phone. I I can get that for free. So I'm going off, but somebody needs to explain that one to me. Going back to one of your other points on slow and steady wins the race, um, I'm not sure exactly who said this, probably... Probably a Ramsey source, but um, there's a difference between timing the market, like ING, timing the market, and time in the market. And by being out of the market, you're going to miss the up days as well as the down days. The whole mm-hmm. reason people want to be out of the equity market is to avoid the down days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been kind of proven over time that you also miss out on the up days. And when the long term trend is up, you're really. Um, you you really can't do this well people think they can do it well yeah Um, you need to have a crystal ball to be able to do it well
0: yeah I I should have had this prepared but there was literally a study done like if you miss the top day in the market in a given year what the impact is on your portfolio if you miss the top two days in the market throughout the year what the impact is on your portfolio and if you miss the top three days in your portfolio throughout the year what does it do to your portfolio And it it decimates the return. It's unbelievable how a period of one, two, or three days. So, your point is 100% valid. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so, you know, what are we doing at Great River Investments right now to, um, you know, to fight some of the things that we're talking about with this Mm -hmm. uncertain market and so forth? So, I want to put the disclaimer out there. You know, we're not going to give you specific trades and advice, okay? Those are reserved for our clients. If you want our specific trades and advice, you have to become a client. But, Let's, uh, let's talk about some things here, like three quick points here, okay? Interest rates are rising, all right? We know this is going to happen. Interest rates and the value of fixed income, bonds, for example, are negatively inversed. What that means is when interest rates rise, the value of fixed income falls, okay? Now, you could be in a fixed investment where it pays you a certain interest rate. There's really no risk there. But if you're in a bond mutual fund... And I'm not going to pick on any one specific one, but you have to watch the interest rate risk inside of that portfolio. Okay, so one of the things that we've really focused on this year is we're really focusing on reducing that interest rate risk down in our clients' portfolios. Most all of our clients have some exposure to fixed income. So we've been moving to some more what's called low duration type funds. We've been using some inflation protected bonds and so forth inside of our portfolios. So if your advisor is not making some of these moves right now, you got to be questioning to yourself, why? Why not? You know, any financial advisor worth their salt knows that interest rates are rising is going to have a negative valuation impact. So you got to be making that change. Mm-hmm. We still have belief in the stock market for long term. So what we're mainly staying in right now is some larger company types of investments. Now, we do have, um, we do have exposure to mid caps. We do have exposure to small caps. We have exposure to international and so forth. But really the focus of our investments is still long-term and the larger companies. Okay We understand that shipping costs are going to go up. um, There's gonna be higher borrowing costs um, And those sorts of things, but we still are believing in the lock or the stock market for long long Long-term investing. Sorry, my phone was ringing Okay, so the last piece is we want to continue to look for buying opportunities for clients who would like individual stock exposure I would say over the last few months or last month specifically um, we have been moving some clients into some individual stocks something we don't generally do all the time but honestly some of these prices got down there and we're like hmm let's go ahead and take a look at them now keep in mind these are clients who specifically came to us with a dollar amount and said I want to be aggressive with this you know these are not for the clients who are sitting in our models that generally don't have individual stock exposures to it okay these are for clients who are specifically looking for individual stock exposure So, but that gives you an idea, kind of some of the three things that we've been doing over the past few months. Once again, if you want our specific advice, if you want Todd's financial planning, if you want my individual investment experience, you know, you need to come see us so you can get the specific information as to what we're using and why we're doing it. All right. So guys, anything else before we close the show today?
1: Not that I'm thinking of. All right. I, I I want you to get that crystal ball. Yeah, and I want you to fix this inflation <laughs> stuff. Yeah, as a, as I a got as a client. Yeah. As
0: a client, yeah. I want you to get that crystal ball. I yeah. got this. So well markets always fluctuate up and down. You know, there are many sources of information and combining that with high frequency trading, you know, some days are worse than others. Keep in mind some days the market will fall simply because of a stupid headline. Okay. We want to work with you or make sure you're working with a CFP and a CPA who can guide you through these ups and downs of the market. Please keep your eyes on the long-term goals and have honest conversations with your advisor. If you're not doing that, give us a call. My heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you for listening today. A special thanks to Joe Jolin from Jolin Media and Todd Sladkey for joining me today and providing their amazing feedback and information. We want to hear from you. Please reach out to us by either giving us a call at 319 319-576-2264 are visiting our website at www.greatriverinvestments.com. Go to the Contact Us section of the site. I or a member of my team will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day.